Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is indeed a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, January 20th. I know most of you have been glued to the inauguration ceremonies this morning. I had been keeping my eye on Boston Bruins practice and hoping for some good news on defenseman Matt Grizzlich, which we indeed do have, and we'll get to that here in a moment. Before we start in on the latest on our favorite hockey team, let me remind you that the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, wherever you get your podcasts. Please do hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download and enjoy. That would be greatly appreciated. If you could also rate and review, I'll be your best friend. Now, I've got a couple of fresh reviews coming in lately. Very much appreciate the kind words and those who take time to write them. If you are on Twitter, you can follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. On Instagram, the podcast is available to follow at Locked on Boston Bruins. I can be found on both platforms at Ian C. McLaren. A bit about me for those who may be new. Lifelong Bruins fan. I'm talking back to the 80s. Been writing about hockey for almost 16 years now. Uh, I worked for five years as a news editor at The Score and have since covered prospects for the San Jose Sharks and Chicago Blackhawks, SB Nation sites, uh, and was able to cover an OHL championship here in Guelph where I reside. Let's begin the podcast with the latest regarding our favorite hockey team, the Boston Bruins, are back in Boston after beginning the season on a three-game road trip. Two games against the New Jersey Devils, and then one game against the New York Islanders. The team, of course, has gone 1-1-1 in those three games, failing to score an even-strength goal through three games. Uh, Five-on-five goal, I should say. Now, one concern following the loss to the New York Islanders was the status of defenseman Matt Grizzlick. He appeared to injure his arm or shoulder in a tangle with Jordan Eberle late in, uh, was it late in the game? I don't remember exactly when it was, but uh, it didn't look great. The good news is Grizzlick was back on the ice here today for practice and It appears as though he will be good to go for Thursday's home opener against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Head coach Bruce Cassidy said Grizzlick is trending toward playing tomorrow, which would obviously be huge for the Boston Bruins. Losing him for any period of time would have been, uh, I I don't know if I would say disastrous, but uh, not great at the very least. Grizzlick himself said it could have been a lot worse, and he said he feels close to 100%. At practice, we had Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron, again joined by Jake DeBrusque, so it looks as though that trio 
will remain intact for Thursday's game as Andre Kasha remains out of the lineup with an upper body injury. He will not play and there's no timeline for his return. The second line, Nick Ritchie, along with David Krejci and Jack Stanika, Anders Bjork, Charlie Coyle, and Craig Smith on the third line, and then Trent Frederick, Sean Corrali, and Chris Wagner on the fourth line. The encouraging part as well is that David Pasternak skated with the team. Uh, he seems to be ahead of schedule of his mid-February return. How much ahead remains to be seen, but it's very encouraging that he was back on the ice in a no-contact jersey, of course. On defense, no changes at all. Jeremy Lozon with Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick with Brandon Carlo, Jacobs Borrell with Kevin Miller, and then John Moore, Connor Clifton um, as the fourth pair. I did want to touch on Nick Ritchie for a moment, and credit where credit is due, Nick Ritchie has looked like one of the best Boston Bruins on the ice so far this season. In fact, he has a positive Corsi percentage of 60.34. He's been on the ice for 35 shots, shot attempts for versus 23 against, which is very good. His expected goals is also up there as well at 1.62 per game while he's on the ice. Nick Ritchie, I had some questions about you know, his efficacy in the lineup, but he has played well on the third line and now bumped up to the second line. In fact, he has been one of the Bruins' better forwards to date. Uh, the fourth line has also been very effective. It is Sean Corrales' birthday, I should mention, so happy birthday uh, to him. But he, along with Chris Wagner and Trent Frederick, have been one of the more effective trios for sure uh, for the team, one of the best fourth lines in the game as well. So, you know, once Pasternak comes back, once Andre Kasha comes back, things should look pretty good for this team, although there still could be some changes along the way. Now, as far as what is coming up for our Boston Bruins, I mentioned, of course, the team will host the Philadelphia Flyers in Thursday's home opener. No fans in the stands, obviously, so that will be a bit different, but it will be nice to see the Bruins back on home ice skating across that Spoked Bee logo wearing their uh, familiar black and gold jerseys. They will again play the Flyers on Saturday, January 23rd, again at 7 p.m., and then they'll have a couple days off before hosting two games against the Pittsburgh Penguins, one on Tuesday the 26th, and then another on Thursday the 28th. Uh, so that's what's coming up for our Bruins in the next handful of games here. Handful minus one, I guess. Uh, all at home against Pennsylvania-based teams. And if you missed yesterday's podcast where I talked about the Eastern, Eastern Division power rankings, you would have missed uh, my somewhat encouraging report on the Bruins in that despite the fact that they have not scored a goal 5-on-5 five five through three games this season, they do rank in the top in terms of Corsi percentage. Uh, right now they're at... 55.56, which is third in the NHL, only behind the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
in the Carolina Hurricanes. And in um, expected goals for, they rank 10th at 53.62%, meaning they've kind of had some bad luck to have not scored yet. They've outplayed the opposition pretty much in all three games. What they do need to work on is high-quality shot attempts, high-quality shots on goal, and once they're able to get in front of the net, take advantage of those secondary chances, the puck should go into the net. And that's how you've seen Nick Ritchie excel so far, is he's been getting into those dirty areas. He's been, you know, net front presence on the power play. A lot of his chances and shots have come from very in tight and... Uh, the goal that he scored as well was right in that zone. So I hate to say it, but we need more players to play like Nick Ritchie at the moment. And this is where Matt Grizzlick will come in handy as well. He has been uh, very dominant in terms of uh, possession. He and Brandon Carlo lead the Bruins in Corsi 4 percentage, 66.67 for Carlo, 63.64 for Grizzlick, and they have been a very effective defensive pairing so far this season. And we'll get more into the defense here in the mailbag section. But before I do that, I'd like to talk to you about Built Bar. I received a brand new box of Built Bars just a couple of weeks ago, and I have been tearing through each and every one of these bars pretty much every day. It's a delicious protein bar that helps me break through the work wall and get through the day with the boost of energy that I need. It comes in 18 amazing flavors. My favorites, lemon almond cheesecake, caramel brownie was very good, carrot cake, raspberry, uh, peanut butter, German chocolate cake. Each bar is covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew, but they're great for the health conscious person. You can lose or even maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Great if you're on the keto diet. And great for me as someone who has celiac, they're all gluten-free. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Betting on the NHL has never been easier, and it doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. All right, it is Wednesday, which means we are opening up the mailbag here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. The first one came via Instagram from Eric Michael, Eric MG09, and this is the question. Do you think that with Krejci's impending free agency, Coyle's play this year will have an impact on how that plays out? I love Coyle and think he could take on more of a role than he has now. Maybe they re-sign Krejci for less money and give Coyle more ice time. Or do you let Krejci walk? With centers like Stadnika, Beecher, and Hall in the system, maybe a shorter contract for Krejci to leave room for the youth movement. The Bruins, of course, are committed to Charlie Coyle for another four seasons, I believe, at a pretty good cap hit of $5 million and change. 
I do think that they see him obviously as a core piece moving forward. I'd argue that he could be the next captain if Patrice Bergeron retires while he's still with the team, although Charlie McAvoy would certainly be in there as well. Now, when it comes to David Krejci, I think there is an appetite for both to um, come to an agreement moving forward. It wouldn't be at his current cap hit of $7 million, 7.25, I think. Uh, He's the highest paid player on the team. If he were to come back, I don't think it would be in a lesser role or less ice time per se, but certainly at uh, a more team-friendly contract. If the Bruins aren't willing to offer that or another team comes in, it's definitely possible that he could sign elsewhere, but it seems as though he's uh, keen on finishing his career with the Bruins, but we all know how that played out with uh, Zdeno Chara. All that to say, I think Coyle is certainly best Maybe not best suited, but he's one of the best third-line centers in the NHL. His salary perhaps um, outweighs that role. And with Stanika being a natural center, you have John Beecher coming up. Um, Trent Frederick can play center as well, I believe. Uh, You have options there. Maybe you have a Bergeron, uh, Coyle, Stanika down the middle next season. Or you bring in another center if Krejci doesn't re-sign. There are a lot of options. But yes, all that to say, I do see Charlie Coyle having a pretty big role for this team moving forward. And uh, he is a pretty central piece for this team uh, over the next handful of years. Scott Jodrell at the Real SJ asks, The young D have looked good so far. Do you think... GM Don Sweeney looks to add a veteran D-man, or are these guys going to get an extended look? Maybe we see Vakaninen at some point. Yes, the young defense has been very good so far for the Bruins. We all talk about how they haven't scored yet as a team, but the reality is they've only allowed, uh, you know, five goals through three games, and... Don Sweeney's youth movement doesn't appear to be uh, too off base to begin with. Uh, Jeremy Lozon, he has a 47.69 Corsi percentage, but he is beginning a lot of his shifts in the uh, defensive zone, logging heavy minutes alongside Charlie McAvoy. He has been on the ice for three 5-on-5 goals against, which is the highest among Bruins defenseman. Um, Jacobs Borrell, on the other hand, has been pretty exceptional in terms of underlying numbers. 53.52. He, I believe, leads the team in shot attempts. He is getting a huge amount of offensive zone starts, which means he's being uh, sheltered a little bit by head coach Bruce Cassidy. All that to say, Jeremy Lozon's getting a bit tougher assignments and perhaps not up to snuff when it comes to top pair billing. Uh, Maybe at some point we'll see Grizzlick up with McAvoy and Lozon down with Carlo. Keep in mind, he was playing the right side last season, back on the left at this point, so perhaps there's a bit of an adjustment there as well. But those two guys overall have looked pretty good. I wouldn't mind seeing 
Yerhovakinainen get a look here sooner than later. You know, John Moore can step in on the left side, and I think uh, Cassidy will want to get him some playing time at some point. But the Bruins do have a wealth of cap space that they'll be able to use prior to the trade deadline, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they look to bring in some help before the playoffs, seeing as they do still see themselves as Stanley Cup contenders, and the window here is closing. Keith Yandel has looked pretty good for the Panthers so far, scoring a couple goals after it was threatened that he'd be scratched and his Ironman streak would die as a result. He's a bit expensive for my taste and has a couple years left on his deal. But um, if they could flip a John Moore and get some cap uh, retention on the part of the Panthers, that's a possibility at the very least. The last question comes from Thomas Welch. He is the host of Locked On Blues. And he asks, are the Bruins bad or just bad right now? I know a lot of analysts still have them in the top of the pack, but they lost some large pieces on the back end this offseason. Of course, he would know firsthand how good Tory Krug is, although he hasn't really broken out yet as a member of the St. Louis Blues. But yeah, certainly losing Krug and Chara on the back end on paper looks potentially devastating, although at the moment, again, defense hasn't been the problem for are Boston Bruins. I don't think they are bad. I think they are just quote-unquote bad right now. They have, again, a 0% shooting percentage at even strength. That's not going to last. They um, are missing David Pasternak, who is arguably one of the best uh, players you know, in the league, hands down. If you're missing a game-breaker like him, obviously you're not going to um, be at your best. And also, Andre Kasha's missing, and these young guys are going through some growing pains. Having said that, the Bruins have only allowed five goals through three games. Only one team, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, have allowed fewer than that. And they've played only two games compared to Boston's three. Also, Vegas and the Islanders have only allowed uh, five total goals. So, all in all, the Bruins have been playing pretty well. uh, Out playing the opposition, you could argue. Just not getting the luck. And, of course, having Rask and Halak in net as one of the league's best tandems. uh, You just can't go wrong there. So, yeah, the Bruins, I think, will be okay. Uh, They really do need to get things going here on home ice. But uh, when it comes to, you know, overall team defense, goals allowed per game, 1.67. Again, tied for second best along with Vegas and uh, the Islanders. And the offense just really needs to get going here. But I think the pieces are in place. It's maybe discouraging to see Nick Ritchie as the team's best forward, but also encouraging knowing that um, the other guys have room to improve. And if Nick Ritchie can't keep playing at this level, for example, then it's just a bit of a bonus. So altogether, I don't think they're bad, just off to an unfortunate start to be sure. BetOnline.ag is an exciting new partner that we have here at the Locked On Network. 
There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust for the best odds in the game, and that's betonline.ag. If you sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKDOWN, you can get a 50% welcome bonus. You can also visit them at betonline underscore ag on Twitter to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline.ag and get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get podcasts. Let's finish, as we always do, with some news and notes from around the NHL. The big news today revolves around the Carolina Hurricanes, and they have had all games postponed through at least Saturday after five players have been placed on the COVID-19 protocol list. Their training facilities remain closed for players until further notice. They were supposed to play, uh, I believe, last night against the Nashville Predators, They had a game against the Florida Panthers at PNC Arena on Thursday and Saturday. Those have been postponed as well. And rescheduled dates will be announced at a later time. They're next scheduled to play the Lightning on January 26th. That brings the total of NHL games postponed to date because of COVID up to 7. Dallas Stars had their first four games postponed and rescheduled. And now the Hurricanes with uh, three games for them. So not great situations with respect to the Stars and the Hurricanes. And hopefully uh, there aren't too many more team outbreaks like this. But sadly, it's probably an inevitability at this point. Speaking of Keith Yandel, Elliot Friedman mentioned him in his latest 31 Thoughts column. And... He said that prior to the start of the season, there was talk the veteran defenseman would be a healthy scratch from their season opener amid rumors he might ask, be asked to waive his no-movement clause. The club wanted to change its culture, become tougher to play against, and hold players to account. And while the club has denied asking Wandel, Wandel, Yandel to waive his no-movement clause, um, there have been increasing reports and rumors that he would be made available. Friedman said there's a rumor suggesting Yandel would waive his no movement clause for the Boston Bruins, but Friedman doesn't see him as a fit given their avoidance of taking on long-term contracts. Again, he's an aging blue liner, questionable defensive game, 6.35 AAV through 2022-23 and uh, probably not the wisest move for the Bruins, despite the fact that he can still man a power play with some of the best in the NHL. Speaking of players the Bruins could have or could have had, uh, it's kind of disappointing to see Alex Galchenyuk score last night, Bobby Ryan leads the league with four goals, Andreas Athanasiou scoring for the Los Angeles Kings. These were all players that I had hoped the Bruins might take a look at um, back in the offseason as kind of low risk, high reward, or even medium reward 
scorers, but, uh, you know, alas, they decided to pass, and uh, we're left with uh, the team we have, and no goals at the moment. Speaking of no goals, I'm not playing conspiracy theorist here, but the league did announce yesterday that effective Tuesday's games, they'll be using game pucks without the embedded tracking technology. The decision was made after concerns were raised about the puck's performance during the first few days of the 2020-21 season. A review by the league determined that the first supply of pucks did not receive the same precise finishing treatments during the off-season manufacturing process as were used during the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. It's expected that a new supply of tracking pucks will be available soon after undergoing appropriate quality control testing. In the interim, the league will use official pucks from last season and will continue to utilize player tracking technology for all games. As a result, I demand a recount. Bruins should be rewarded all their expected goals from the first three games because of this faulty puck. Who is with me? That is it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen. I'm excited for a bit of a night off from hockey tonight. My wife and I are still watching Justified, actually catching up on This Is Us. And I have started a Lost rewatch as well, which, if you know me, is one of my top three favorite shows, if not the top. And uh, I really love watching that show for the second time, uh, even knowing some people are disappointed with the ending. Um, I'm excited to see it again, uh, to see how it all ties together. And you you can already see signs in the first part of the show about how things are progressing. So really good. And also still watching Superstore, which is a pretty funny show. Anyways, I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all keeping safe, staying healthy. And uh, thank you so much for spending some time with me today talking about our favorite team, the Boston Bruins. We'll be back tomorrow with a look at the top five teams around the NHL and uh, a preview of tomorrow night's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. Have a great rest of the day, friends. Take care and talk to you tomorrow.